This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keitel, Vice President of CX of M and retired global CX executive with General Motors. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show. I'm Tom DeWitt, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Keipel. Hey, Bob. Great to see you again. Hey, Tom. Good Um, to be here. We have a first-time, second-timer on the show, Eckhart Boma. Um, Eckhart is a founder and managing director of Unipro. On our last episode, Eckhart explained out um, a really interesting process um, for understanding consumers progress and achieving their goals or jobs to be done um, in their customer journey. Uh, So we learned about the process in the last episode, but we really wanted to dive a little bit deeper in understanding the research behind it. So welcome to the show again, Eckhart. Thank you, Tom and Bob. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. It's good to have you. Yeah, last time we were getting down deep into the process of customer progress design and the theory behind it. And um, we were at kind of a high level and it was very interesting. And we just had to have you back to keep the conversation going. So in order to kick it off, um, we kind of touched on this thing we were referring to as the five-step process. So can you go over the five steps as a way of kicking off today's conversation? Yeah, sure. Um, We designed this five-step process uh, after we worked a while with the tool and learned how to use it. And then we found out what were the natural steps to to arrive at a a result that you really can use. So um, talking about that, what you want to accomplish with this five-step process is creating data that you can use to make decisions, better decisions about your value propositions, your um, your communications, your, your all, all, all the marketing decisions, uh, sales strategy, and et cetera. So to really align with the progress the customer um, wants to make uh, in life. So improve their life and going through all the steps necessary. This is what's really kind of the focus. And we almost kind of, at, at a point, we backwards designed the process. And of course, because we base our data, the data we're going to produce based on customer interviews. So it's super important to find the right people in the first step to scope the project in in, in the right way, what you want to kind of where you want to focus on and then recruit the right people. And that's the first step that we do is like building hypothesis. What do we think the customer jobs are and all other facts that we seem to know around the subject and then recruit people accordingly. People, so let me just clarify, because I'm really like, you know, sometimes I'm slow on this stuff, honestly. A, a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, Bob, something tells yeah, me you wouldn't yeah, be one of those people out. they'd recruit. But no, just kidding. I, I, you know, I'm, I can't live without a PowerPoint in front of me, basically. <laughs> well, no. So like, so Eckert, so number one is build a hypothesis. Number two is recruit. Or is that all step number one? That, that That's all step number one. It's, okay. it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's uh, finding the scope of the project 
by, by thinking about the hypothesis. So we know probably what we want to research. So let's say we want to research something in the, in the care arena, right? Care solutions, how to get there, all the issues involved. So we, in, in our project that I'm probably going to talk a little bit more about is we thought about what, what is our hypothesis, what people want to accomplish? What, what's the customer job? And then associated customer, like the pains and the gains and some other data that we look for as part of the 12 elements. This is a kind of sets the stage for, for the research. And then in the, in the same step, we reach out and try to find the right interviewees, people that match our profile. And we need some diversity. We need a little bit of depth. And uh, then we schedule the interview. So that's, that's step number one. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Step number two is conducting the interviews. Um, and we do this kind of in a very practical manner. We schedule two interviews a day. We document the interviews on the wheel of progress. Of course, we do have questions. We have certain questions that we ask people to get to the data, to, to get to the 12 elements. And with trained teams, we are now able to capture the interviews kind of in real time. So while someone is kind of being the lead interviewer and interviewing the interviewees, the rest of the team is documenting, is already working on the canvas and, and filling the canvas with the data. So after the interview, you take a quick break and then you analyze it. So after two and a half hours, you can have an, a consumer interview already uh, completely evaluated. And then- So you have like a graphic thing like on the wall, basically, like let's say on a whiteboard maybe, and you're listening to the interview and you're able to slot things in in the various areas on this graphic, right? Is that what you're kind of saying? Exactly, except um, after the pandemic started, we mm. moved uh, to a mural board. So elect everything's electronic. And mm -hmm. that's, we found out after, the, after we did it a few times, so it's much quicker than doing it in, on the wall. We do have a paper canvas. So in the past we did it on, on a wall, which also is a nice way to do it. But uh, in this world that we live in now with all the remote work, uh, we, we almost had to do it electronically and you can collaborate, that's great. You can see how, what kind of the notes people are taking online and, uh, ex and it accelerates it, the, the whole process like dramatically, I wanna say. Mm -hmm. so, um, so second step, doing the interviews, uh, documenting the interviews on what we call the wheel of progress. That's a canvas that we built that provides a structure where people can kind of fill in and complete the data and, and afterwards sort it, clean it up, make it pretty. The third step, so we, in the second step, we have lots of data collected. Like for each interview, we use one canvas. And what do we have to do with the data? And the next step, we want to validate the data. We need to aggregate it because we have lots of data, like in, in the interviews that we did, uh, three interviews, we had like 330 items. So we need to, you need to work with the items. You need to, you need to paraphrase them. You need to uh, kind of also get a weighting because you can see if there are lots of similar like customer jobs or pains or gains, you can see, okay, there is something. So we need to highlight it uh, in, in, in the evaluation phase. And we need to clean up the, the customer jobs that we heard. So the things that people wanna accomplish 
Um, and uh, that's very important to give them a structure and, and see which customer jobs are related to the buying phase, what customer jobs are related to the execution phase. So after they bought the new product or the new solution, and also you want to find the higher the, the, the job at the highest level, which is like at the 30,000, 40,000 foot level that nobody talks about. Nobody, no customers are able to articulate the job at the highest level, but you can kind of abstract with abstract thinking, you can get to the highest level job when you look at all the data. And this is what we kind of, what we do in that third phase is, is, is aggregating the data, is paraphrasing the items, is sorting the customer jobs. And also as a last step in, within this step is uh, formulating a um, statement um, of desired progress. So we can not only look at the data in a visual way, so like on, on each statement is on a card, but we can also uh, create it like a verbatim statement of how people, what we heard, how people wanted to make progress in life. So, so, so we got the project scope, we got the interviews, single interviews, we got the aggregated interviews, aggregated jobs on a map. And then of course we have to prioritize customer jobs because not all so that's number four? Jobs, uh, that's number four. Number, number four, four. prioritizing, mm -hmm. right. And uh, we are using a very simple benefits matrix uh, where we list the job in a, like how, how we recorded them. And then we apply four criteria and kind of we as consultants, we kind of, we judge by, by all four criteria, um, how, how, important is that job? How well is it ex executed? So, or how frustrated are people with executing on, on the job? Um, is it, can you really feel it here and, and, and now, or is it something more related to the future? And the fourth criteria is uh, related to, um, is it lucrative? Is it lucrative for us as a company to take on, to, uh, we say in jobs we done language, apply for the, for the job? So, and then you can kind of, you can summarize, you can, you can add up all the, all the values, and then you can see which one is a job that's kind of has the highest rating. So we stack rank all the, all the customer jobs, and then you can say, okay, these are the five top jobs that look interesting to us. And then you have like five jobs that are kind of me mediocre, and you say, okay, not now, maybe in future. And then you have jobs at the bottom, because either people do not care about it or it's, it's, they are perfectly happy with how they execute on the, on the customer job. And that's kind of prioritization. And based on the prioritization, you move into the fifth step, which is actually the step that people care most about. They could, we could say, mm -hmm. okay, I don't need to do all of this cu customer research. I don't need the data. If I, <laughs> Just if tell I us what to do. Data, but, so in the in the but that's kind of what, what everybody is kind of thinks is is their, is their job is create data. No, it's not. It's not really creating the data. Mm. It's more like we need the data. That's the reason why we yeah, are creating exactly. In, in the last step, we transfer the data in, in, into another canvas. Now is that okay? Is wait, that wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. So I was excited here for step number five, but you're just saying we're going to write something on some other canvas. What's I thought step five was going to be like action plan. 
Yeah, it's it's, it's coming into action. That, that that's right. Oh, okay, okay. The, okay. the last. The, Sorry, Tom. You just need to reboot Eckhart. So we're at step. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I was going to ask. Is this a no? No, I'm big on it. Yeah. Step, I, step five. Yeah. Is that the value proposition or the, the, right? That the, the so you can imagine the the fifth step is using another canvas that kind of mirrors the wheel of progress. Is where we where we have the phases that that customers go through, kind of the customer journey, if you will, um, and. Uh, that has like four quadrants. So we have like four fields that we can that we can work on. And but the, the first step would be to fill kind of I call it like program the last canvas with, with your data. So not, not with all the data, but but with the data that you think is the most useful data to, to work with on that new canvas to help people to make progress. So so usually we would go through all the four phases, like in the first phase, helping people make aware that they have like an issue that making them there's a deficit right um and you and and like in many cases people don't realize or they wait like to the last to the last moment to to take action which is sometimes it's too late so we help people to become aware with appropriate messaging through appropriate channels and so on so they know it's better to act now and not not to wait. So that's kind of the first service because we we, we try to think very service oriented. We provide a, a service to people to make them aware that they may need something. So in the, in the second phase, it's like when people actively search, when they kind of made the step into the next phase, uh, well, I need to, now I cannot wait no longer. I, I need to take action. So people go out and search. They, they, they Google, they talk to, to friends, they go to the doctor, whatsoever, they search for a solution, is where we can help and, and where we can build the first time a value proposition, because that's the first time where we, we can really provide services. It could be mm-hmm. like a software solution that helps people, pointing people into the right direction. Mm-hmm. I did a project with a um, digital agency and they helped the client to build a, a software, it was like a, an, an app, uh, to 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 um, to find out whether an electric car is the right is, is the right vehicle for them, and then in that in and of itself is a big service because people struggle. They don't know should I stay with a gas vehicle? Should I kind of upgrade? And is it going to move? Is it going to meet my needs? And so on. So that's it's a it's a tough decision. So creating in in this phase a kind of a solution. I, I'm sure people would appreciate that. Or you can inspire people. You can show them solutions, show them kind of a new world and point them into the right direction what the the solution category could look like. Because we know from Jobs We Done, um, you can have many different solutions, even different categories to uh, help people to fulfill a customer job. In the third quadrant, we help people to decide. So once they... So you said, okay, there are three products. I don't know which one would be the right for me. We can help people make the right decisions. We can write FAQs. We can structure our website, buy customer jobs. So it's much easier for them to recognize uh, what they want to accomplish and, 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 and what would be the right solutions. And in the first quadrant, we help people uh, kind of by building a new, better solution that addresses needs that have not been fulfilled before, can can be programmed with like the high the the, the job highest job level could be programmed with um, constraints 
with pains, still existing pains, or with unrealized gains. So we are very flexible. But we use this data again. I mean, in, in each of these four phases and four quadrants, we, have, we, we use the data um, to make, to create new value propositions, or in the first phase to create messaging. In the, in the fifth, kind of the, the fifth uh, step, in that last fifth step mm -hmm. is creating an organizational purpose statement. Because with all the data that mm -hmm. you got, you, you can recognize much easier what should be your, your organizational purpose, right? At a very high level, but it could kind of match, could be a, a response to the highest level customer job um, and provides you like that North Star that can guide mm -hmm. your organization. So nobody really is in doubt what is kind of the job of the company. So what, what is my mm -hmm. job? They, they, mm -hmm. It's much easier to, to make that uh, connection. I have, a, I have a side You've got lots of side questions. I am so curious. Yeah, I do. Well, so let me let me ask mine first because I haven't spoken <laughs> in like ten minutes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so Eckhart, now what's it? So you've got you developed this value um, proposition. You developed this North Star together with a client. What's the biggest challenge? I mean, what's next? And 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 what challenges have you seen in terms of companies actually acting on this value proposition? So are they able to do so? Um, and what, what are the, the challenges in doing so? I, I think there are lots of, lots of challenges, but the main challenge I've, I've seen over the, over the last month is like, and I, I always, I have to laugh because I think this is for some companies, it's too much customer orientation. It's like, no, wow. Wow. I'm, a, I'm an engineering company. What, wow. Why should I care about this buying wow. cycle? Wow. Or I'm a, I'm a marketing person. Why should I care about the solution, you know, so much? And this is really, I mean, from the customer and, and the customer point of view is really that the customer goes through the customer journey, through all mm. the steps, through all the, all the phases. And for the customer, it's a 360 experience. They are not, I mean, mm. I've, I talked to so many That's people who think the only solution is in the product. Or is in the or in the marketing, right? Wow. And 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 often it's I mean it's it's in, in the offer, right? It's like it's like the product that you offer at a, at a certain price under certain conditions. It's that in and of itself is 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 a big question. But because that's fa that's fascinating. So you get so you get so you get to this value proposition. It's all based on customer data, really rich customer data. And then you have these people in the C-suite that are just shaking their head because it's not consistent with what they thought or how they thought their business should be run. Yeah, that exactly. I mean, it, it is it is something for people who are really open-minded, and you have to be open-minded. Yeah. yeah, it should be yeah, a it, it should be yeah, a, a wake-up in, right? in your pit, in your in your silo, and 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 be happy wow. because this is wow. not how customers think that's not what what how, what customers want to have mm. right very cool bob bob i know you had a question i did it really was kind of a sidebar kind of question but it just occurred to me this might be something special um you were talking about faqs and writing faqs as part of one of the steps mm. inside the steps um i wonder if for some leadership teams um seeing faqs written uh, give them sudden insights 
uh, about pain points or about their processes that are in place, you know, because FAQs are written basically from a customer's point of view, you know, how do I get this or what do I do if this happens? Have you found that in your experience that FAQs are a turning point or is it just a natural part of the process? Everybody already knows what the FAQs are. No, I think, I think FAQs, I, I mean, it needs to be very conscious thing to do, right? Because we know there are, there are so many objections that people have, so many questions on their mind. And it's often not kind of the pull that a product is creating. It is often the concerns that you have about a, a product. It's like when you think about the forces at play, it's like a teeter-totter. On one hand, you have the forces that kind of pushing down uh, to, towards buying the solution, right? It's like, like your, 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 your problem, your, the, the thing that you want to solve for yourself, and it's a pull of the product that is really in support of change. And then you have on the on the other side, you think about, of course, the price. You think about is it is it is it trustworthy? Is it going to do what was it supposed to do? Is it going to help me? Uh, what's the effort and and all these things? And and an FAQ, really, and a well structured FAQ, thought through FAQ can do a lot of good things on the concerns on the anxiety side of things. Um, and kind of it's it's kind of a, a roadblock that that you can can remove with, with a very good one with a very thought thoughtful uh, created one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to ask a really basic, um, seemingly basic question. Um, I'm always fascinated by um, question design for for qualitative research because you know, like you said, you've got a hypothesis, you've got the right people in the room. But communication's a funny thing, right? Um, what I've always found when I do depth interviews is the respondent always assumes you know what they mean. So they tend to speak in very generalizable terms, thinking you know what they mean. But I, I've also realized it's how I ask the question that often unearths the details that I, I want to see. So can you take us through a little bit um, how, you know, what goes into developing the questions uh, for the kind of interviews that you've conducted and what kind of questions do you ask to get those gems? Yeah. That, that, that's a great question. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's an area that um, there's a lot of discussion around it. What kind of questions should we ask? Mm-hmm. Um, before I talk about this, how we, how we do it, I, I just want to make, just explain again to the listener that we have a mental model as the basis for our kind of the whole system, the whole methodology. And and a mental model really helps you to narrow kind of the, to narrow the search. I mean, first of all, to make the connection to what decisions do I want to take? And this is where kind of many people struggle because they, they don't make the connection between the question and the decision they want to make. And this needs to be very clear in the mental model at the basis really helps you because it, it, it helps you to focus on what are we really interested in and also cutting out all the noise because there could be like a gazillion of, of variables that are not gonna be helpful. So that's, a, that's kind of the foundation, having a really solid mental model and knowing what, to, what you want to decide on based on, 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 on what you're looking for. And then you can very purposely and very targeted ask questions and the way we do it is like the what many great jobs we've done practitioners taught us is asking 
um, or having a conversation with people who bought a product, right? So reviewing that whole buying process. And that is kind of the first basic question that, that, that we ask people. Please tell us about um, your the purpose of, of your last car. And then kind of where did you buy it? When did you buy it? Just to reactivate that experience so people remember. I, I, I bought this at the beginning of the year and this was, this was the story. Then we have people kind of going back towards uh, working back towards the, the first thought. So when was the first time you thought about buying a car? So by listening to those stories, we we are able as 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 practitioners or as trained people to listen for these 16 items. And with the wheel of progress, like, like that image in your head, you almost need no like questionnaire or you don't need any uh, any kind of pre-written questions. <laughs> I mean, you know the areas, you know these mm, items, mm, you know, okay, there's a timeline, there mm, are forces, mm, pushing, pulling, mm, whatever, mm, there are constraints, mm, you know, you have all these things in, in that so you can, you can, you can have a very dynamic interview. You can probe. You can, uh, I mean, of course, we know we have to ask always open questions, no leading questions. And we can, you can probe and you can, when, when you hear something, you can ask, can you describe how it felt when you had to make this decision? Can you describe what was in the way of, of making progress? You can all, uh, ask all these qualitative questions. And it's really not about the question, but it's about the answer. It's about listening what people are, any of these 16 items that we identified as, as being useful, um, listening for these items and then trying as best as possible to get a good understanding and, and looking at the canvas while you interview people, you can see there, there sometimes there were like white spots, right? It's like, wow, this is empty. So we need to go there. So let's, let's ask more questions about, for example, habits. So what did you like? What were your preferences? Um, have you worked with this provider for for a long time or mm -hmm. whatsoever? I mean that it's really it needs to be dynamic and you need to mm -hmm. uh, you need to complete like a wheel of progress as, as best as possible. So really, it's just knowing your knowing your research objectives going in and just getting them to tell you a story and then probe 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 throughout it. Right. So take me through beginning to end what that process looked like. But to your point, if you it you know it's knowing what your research objectives are and then getting them to explain the details. Absolutely. I just have to say wow. like, cool. this is so, so important and it sounds so basic. Like you have to have a plan in place or a hypothesis before you go in. Um, but I bet you all three of us have been in projects where people uh, really kind of are bureaucrats as opposed to people even knowing what the purpose of the business is. They're just, we're going to go ask people a bunch of questions and they're not really, they haven't invested themselves into having that background or having a plan of attack. And it's such a basic thing. Um, I just really appreciate your answer in that. And I think you know, yeah. knowing your company's purpose and value proposition or what you think it might be, and then going after those areas you need to fill in is such an important part of doing research. Because a lot of times we just grab stuff. We don't care. You know, it's just checking a box kind of an exercise. Well, and I would imagine for a lot of organizations too, it's, you know, can't, can't we, can't you survey this? Can't you show me some numbers that are just mm -hmm. going to point me in the right direction? I mean, you know, why do you got to complicate it with all these <laughs> interviews? I, you know, because uh, I, I imagine, 
you know, given my limited knowledge of the C-suite and their decision-making, I think you know, I get the impression usually those decisions are, are boiled down to more, more so on, uh, from qu quantitative data than it is qualitative data. Yeah, my, my, my take on, on, on quant versus qual is yeah. like, to, to me, qualitative data is probably the most the hardest data that we can have. Some people call it like soft data. But I think if, if you do it right and, um, and you know what you're doing, you can create really hard data. Because when you yeah. look at these 16 items, a lot, a lot yeah. of these are things like emotions, right? Emotions, thoughts, feelings, it's like, how do you get that? How do you get this data? Can you get it through a, a, a survey? No, yeah. you can't. Can't can you just so ask you a question in a survey? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. It's that probing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is that probing. It's understanding yep. what are the customer jobs? What did, did people want to accomplish in life? How, how did they want yeah. to improve their lives? Right? You can't get this through like a paper-based right. or online-based sir. Because it's, it's some, yeah. big data. You don't, you don't get it right. through big data. It's, yeah. it, would be, it would require too much interpretation of the data. And yeah. this is where, where I look very, diff, uh, very critically at, mm. uh, at surveys mm. and things like that. Because you, all, we have, you have to bring in your own, like your own bias. It's, it, you're, you're biased. Yeah. You're, you, you think in stereotypes. So you, you draw conclusions which are not true because like in the, on the dance floor in a, in a, in a, in a nightclub, there could be, I, I've seen this 80 year old guy and the 16 year old girl, right? On the same dance floor. So it's, it's so easy to make. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say lucky guy. No, are they dancing together? I've got this image in my mind. It's on the bucket list, right, Tom? Oh. Well, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Eckhart. I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, um, so many people want to oversimplify this process, but sometimes it, you know, it takes that work and, you know, people aren't in general really comfortable sharing um, stories, not to the depth that, that you've discussed. And so it's important having the right interviewer, the right people in the room on both sides and asking the right questions. So. Yeah. You talked about over, oversimplification and I think, um, it is very easy to oversimplify, but it's as easy as over overcomplicated. So you need to strike the right balance. And I've seen uh, mm -hmm. just last week, I intended a, a presentation of a, one of the biggest kind of market research firms in the world. And they showed all the data they were able to collect. Mm -hmm. And I say, wow, mm -hmm. that's, that's great. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have all this kind of data. I don't know how many, how many data points, but I asked myself the question, why, why do you collect this data? Some of, of the data would say matches what we do with our 16 items and other data, I would say, mm. wow, what are you going to do with this data? And why are they collecting this data? And I think often the answer is like, because we can, because yeah. we can is yeah. the reason why we are collecting data. But I have not seen a mental yeah. model or anything that ties the, this data back to any useful decision. Wow. And, and, and really at the core of, of our model is like trying to find causality. What's, mm -hmm what's really causing things and what yeah. are con contextual items that help us to understand, yeah. get a better understanding of how and under the circumstances, yeah. how people are trying to make progress in, in life. And, and this is to me is really, yeah. is really key. Having the right mindset. When, when you have people talking about mm. um, customer journeys and touch points, it's all great, but 
you need to ask why why what's the reason people yeah. go on a journey on a, on a, on a journey yeah, when, when the answer is they go on a, on a on a on a customer journey to make progress then i know there's much more that you need to find out yeah yeah if we focus more on what their goals are because you know you're right you know i think what i hear the most is companies are awash with data they just don't know how to use it because to your point you know, they haven't thought about the decisions they need to make um, and, and why they need to make them. So, well, this has been fun. We could go on, on and on and on and on. This has been great. Um, I know, Bob, I don't know if you got a closing question or closing comment before we, we let that go on this merry way. No, I mean, I think some of this topic is kind of, you know, it's deep and it's complicated in some ways. Um, but at, at the core is, um, I think the big lesson for me today, which we've kind of, we kind of know, but we just need to have reinforced is you do have to have some kind of a vision uh, for where you're going. You have to have an opinion about what you think might happen with your consumers, and you have to have a plan for what you want to capture from them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we just kind of go through the motion. Like you said, Eckhart, we just gather information just for the heck of it. We don't really know why we gather it. So being purposeful is really important. So I just really appreciate all your comments. Thank you. Thanks, Eckhart. It was, it was great having you again. Look, Thank look, you. Look forward to talking to you again soon. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob show. If you enjoyed the podcast, Please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.